the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to American Mashup. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and today is Thursday, September 22nd in the year 2022. Coming to you live from Gallup, New Mexico, which is right on the border near Arizona, where I'll be crossing over tomorrow into Window Rock to meet up with the Navajo Vice President. Before we begin, make sure you're getting all the things you need for your home, your bath, your sleep, all those things. And where do you get those? You get those at MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards is the Bards Nation's landing page. And of course, there's tons of great sales over there all the time. The best pillows, the best sheets. But right now, there's a towel sale on, three-piece towel sets for $19.98 with your promo code, BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. $19.98 for a three-piece towel set. They are incredible towels, by the way. I have them. I, still, I always kind of laugh at myself as a guy talking about cows, pillows, sheets, comforters, slippers, all the things that make your life perfect, and you get great rest, and you feel great after a shower or bath. I don't do baths. And so there you go. But check it out. Towel sale of the year. A three-piece towel set, $19.98 for the three-piece towel set with your promo code BARDS. And while you're there, check out the pillows, which are incredible. Check out the Giza cotton sheets, which rank top. Make sure you check out the comforter. Check out the mattresses. You want all that stuff because with all that stuff, you're going to sleep better, feel better, be happier all the way around. So MyPillow.com forward slash BARDS, promo code Bards, B-A-R-D-S, and like always, if you're inclined and you want to speak to a real person, then you call 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939, and you're going to talk to a Patriot Pillow Counselor, and they're going to get you totally hooked up. All right, Patriots, so tonight, it's just kind of a mashup of a whole bunch of crazy stuff. I was just kind of going through the news today, and it's like, oh, another crazy day, so let's go over the crazy day. Let's see what crazy stuff is really happening. Let's start with just this brief little comment here, which I think sums up so much and asks the perfect question. Try this. Why would the House pass a bill to make it harder to decertify an election? Yeah, that's a good question. Now, why would you possibly want to make it harder to decertify a presidential election? I'm sure they have nothing in mind about rigging or stealing another election. Look, Patriots, this is what I anticipate is going to happen if we have an actual election, which we might, and I'm, I'm not sure. But if we have an actual election, if you think it's going to be a, an election for new bodies, I'd say it's going to be an election for selection. It's actually not an election. It's going to be a selection process for the deep state to put in more of their own people. Expect it to be totally rigged. Now, that said, do vote, and this is why. It's pretty principal in this. Cast your vote. It costs you nothing. And what it does, again, at least depending at some point in the future, whether it's the military, whether it's white hats, or whether it's just pissed off people like us that are just finally had enough and overthrow this stupid government, we're going to need accountability to the fact that they did steal it. And so in order to get accountability that they did steal it, we need to have a vote that proves that we voted the other way. It's that simple. I have no expectations there's going to be any sort of dramatic change because I don't believe that is, that's going to be the case. But I do have an expectation that there is hell coming for them and it's going to be wrath beyond wrath. And I think I would say it this way. I hope for their sake, and it includes, this is not party defined right here. These are every one of these people that have gone rogue. I hope for their sake that the military does intercede because it's going to be a heck of a lot nicer than a whole bunch of pissed off citizens that come to the realization that their government has been trying to kill them and their children 
has been using humans, human services or family services to traffic their kids, has been encouraging child sex trafficking, child mutilation, and child sacrifice, and has doing everything they can to steal every possible thing they can from the public for their own benefit. That's going to piss off a lot of people when they finally get their head around it. So the last thing about voting, and it's an important point to think about, is our vote in paper, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I give little credence to it, you know that, but our vote to the kingdom, that's where our first vote goes. Our vote goes to God. So put your vote in that way, and that way you've got a, a powerful basis for what you're doing, and at least we are morally right in the position of this all the way through, okay? That's just some thoughts there to kind of keep things rolling along. I am, you've heard me be, I, people get mad at me when I say like vote doesn't count. The vote doesn't count, not in the paper vote, but the vote to heaven does count. And even though the results might not change before us, the accountability is in God's hands. And that's what the most important part of all of that, right? So, and we need, we should do it at least, you know, for myself, to be honest with you, I'm going to play this game one more round. I'm like, all right, you want me to play the game one more round? I'll do it. But I swear I'm dead serious. And I'm just telling you all, because if you're looking to me to be like the vote cheerleader, don't. Because if we get to through this election round and it's the same garbage, same way, same thing, with all these great promises of military is going to come in control and nobody changes anything, my response is don't ever ask me to vote again because I won't. And instead, I'll take my action other ways because change comes in more forms than a vote. But we're still staying with the vote. Remember, your vote doesn't change the FBI. Just thought I'd mention that just for the sake of it. All right, Patriots, here's another little piece just to add to the ongoing unraveling of truth. More evidence that we never went to the moon. I don't think we went to the moon. Here we go. Hello, my name is Gene Gilmore. Uh, my birth given name is Eugene Rubin Akers. I don't want any money for what I'm doing because hopefully this video won't come out until after my death. So I have nothing to gain, nothing to profit by telling you what I'm going to tell you. Um, okay, anyway, this is, this is the story that my dad told me on his deathbed. Project Slam Dunk was the name of, of this. Um, President Johnson in 1968, okay, um, in Cannon Air Force Base in 1968, he said by that time, by the time he got there, that there was already two large hangars that were connected. There was hundreds of dump trucks that came in and dumped sand and uh, uh, stone and uh, cement powder was powdered over the top of all that to make it look like a lunar landscape. They had men that fa fashioned it into a lunar landscape, he said. He said that in front of the, uh, the airplane hangars uh, was uh, pole framing with uh, large canvas tents um, that was uh, concealing the inside of the staging area. Inside the staging area uh, on flatbed trucks uh, was on created um, the lunar lander that was assembled, reassembled back inside the hangars. Um, all of the walls were painted flat black and the ceilings as well. He was sworn to secrecy by the NSA and uh, they would put him in prison for breaking that oath. And when Dad saw the, the moon landing on TV, he cried. He said he knew um, that what he had witnessed on TV was exactly what they recorded in that hangar. Uh, Dad was one of three guards that guarded the, uh, the inside of the front entrance. There was a list of 15 people who could enter. No one else was allowed by order of President Johnson. And here is that list. And I gave it to Bart Seibrell as well. Anyway, President Johnson, Neil Armstrong, Edwin Alden, Werner von Braun, Robert Emenager, Gene Krantz, James Webb, Joe Kerwin, Dr. Thomas Paine, 
Glenn Looney, Dr. for Christopher Kraft, Dr. James Van Allen, General Trudeau, Trudeau, Lieutenant Colonel uh, Donald Simon, and Grant Norrie. And there we go. More evidence that that was a complete scam. I'm telling you, you know, we start to unravel all the lies, and then you start to look around you at all the people that are still obedient to the government's voice. You start to realize how much brain damage we have in this culture. And I mean this, seriously. I'm still trying to get over the fact that a, a government that has lied like this, and look, I could understand how this could have bamboozled a bunch of people at the time. It was a, It's kind of the same energy. Remember, one of the things that they did here, this country was suffering from a major trauma, and that trauma was the assassination of John F. Kennedy. They loved that man. It'd be like watching the assassination of President Trump. And of course, we didn't have social media like we do now, and so they were heavily reliant and, and expecting the truth out of the media. They never conceived, people weren't conceiving of the fact that the media was being run by the CIA and the Nazis, but it was. So the trauma on the nation was huge. And remember, John F. Kennedy had talked about going to the moon, which we play part of that every night at the end of the show. And so the nation was reeling from that. And so to see the fulfillment of this, there was, regardless of, even if things weren't quite right, and I remember getting a book at the 76 station when I was young. It was a hard, if you filled up with so much gas, you had a certain number of points, then you could get this book. And it was a hardcover lunar landing book. And I remember going through it as a kid, but I also remember how the skies were black. There were no stars, right? But you didn't think a lot about that because the, the country needed so much to have a win. This is part of being traumatized. And that is how they do these things to keep the public in a constant state of disarray and willfully accepting lies. This is important. Take a listen to this piece because this is with Tucker. And he gets into conspiracies and really how he's changed in all of this. And it's important that we understand kind of what's being said here because the perspective of people thinking outside the box was not accepted in the 60s. So the lunar lander, the lunar landing piece got well fed into the public. Even today, when you say it to somebody, they look at you like, dude, are you smoking something crazy? You're like, no, we didn't land on the moon. It's that simple. We never went there. At least not the way they showed us. We didn't get through the Van Allen belt with a bunch of duct taped together, tinfoil covered space launchers. I'll tell you that right now. But, you know, that wasn't part of the calculus at the time because in, in the time, 1968, the country was eager for a win and they gave them one even though it was completely staged. So take a listen to this piece from Tucker and it's giving Tucker some more val validity in this current information war that we're in. Again, and I, I just want to hit this again because I just saw some comment they're like relevance. Tonight's show is a mashup of a lot of stuff. So just follow the story, listen to the, the narratives, and just it's just pieces we're putting together of just kind of the craziness and some of the unraveling that's going along. So here we go. Here's another one. I grew up in a world where, and I, speaking for myself, I actually believe that conspiracy theories were the way that dumb, uninformed people explained a complex world. Yeah. You couldn't understand what was actually happening. You resorted to a conspiracy theory, and that was a mark of a low IQ. Of course. I'm here to warn people. You keep telling me to shut up. This isn't a game. Now, I always think this. The more informed, the smarter the person, the more likely they are to be connecting the dots that you're connecting. So you grew up in a world where people just like assumed that the system was not on the level, I think. Well, it's called cognitive dissonance. It's like, you know, the government is, you know, has done corrupt stuff. You know, there's classified levels of intelligence that you'll never be a part of. But you have cognitive dissonance thinking that the government has your back. They don't. It's a personal people control system they want to control us and that's one of the biggest parts of why they want to keep you depressed because tucker when you're constantly depressed you're in what is called fight or flight so you, your hormone response is constant cortisol and that's why brian stelter those guys they constantly have the ticker on cnn how many people die how many people die because people get addicted to that hormonal response and once you're in that fear state of fight or flight 
you can't see the forest for the tree right in front of your yes. face. So then they can literally, like a dog with a treat, they can make you do whatever you want. And that treat is just more trauma, what I call trauma-based trauma -based mind, mind control, control, just more fear tactics in order to control you. So that's what's happening now is the mainstream media uses fear to control us. And that's the same mechanism that the government uses. I couldn't agree more. Yep, there it is. You know, you've, if you followed me now for a period of time, you know that I have talked about this cycle and about how they use dopamine and adrenaline. By the way, you know what? I love Bard's Nation. I love Bard's Nation. I, I, was, I was just having a little exchange with one of our great members here on the board, and I'm laughing because we can be direct and we can laugh, and we, we just it's just a great group of people. If you're not part of Bard's Nation, you're missing something big. That's all I'm going to say. But anyway, back to the narrative. So the, um, the the whole deal right now that we're suffering through is that we are we stayed outside of a lot of this fear pandemic, and that came from a multitude of ways. Some of that was the awakening of knowledge, which started with a lot of that was, was seeded by the Q program. And then the persistence of searching for truth, which I give so much credit to everybody for constantly pushing to find truth. And it's not easy, and we know that, but it's a constant circling of this. And then we got to this place where when the things start really getting rough, as we built, grew, and, and strengthened the foundation of our faith, we became very insulated from the sort of fear nonsense that they were doing. And so what has ended up happening is the normal media cycle which we all disdain the media. I, they are, I've said this before, there's not many in the media that I wouldn't gleefully enjoy watching hang from a noose for what they've done on this pandemic and the lies that they've spread and the damage that they've caused, especially to kids. But that said, we've had the opportunity to witness what the world was really working like and looking like. And that has been very hard to witness from everybody's perspective. And I think that's, one, it's, in my opinion, it's doubled down and tripled down the commitment to everybody in the digital army to really be thrusting forward and fighting. And at the same time, it's left a lot of necessity to dig deeper into our faith to relieve some of that pain and burden that we've witnessed both in our family and friends and circles of friends. So we have grown much stronger and it's a beautiful thing, but it's also come at a cost because we've had to suffer quite a bit of pain. And that's just a, a current reality for where things are. There is, the world that we are in is obviously working in such a way that it's outside of any sort of norm and reality that we would accept. And yet I think the most bizarre part of this whole time that we're in is that we're literally witnessing part of the world accepting this crazy new normal and not challenging it. And that, again, comes from excessive trauma, in my opinion. And I think medically we can prove that. I mean, real medically, not the Fochi science medical. But we can prove that, and we can prove that through the effects of PSYOP, and there was a massive PSYOP waged against this public, and they were, they were ill-prepared. And as a result we've seen a cognitive snap in many people. We have seen a cognitive snap on both sides of the spectrum. The most obvious cognitive snap is those are those on the left that so hated Trump and fell into the trap of the fear of the narrative that literally their normal perspective on how they would see the light, see life, their cognitive capacity is dissipated, almost vanished. And they've align themselves with a new reality and that's the subconscious has done that I've talked about this before because of this excessive amount of neurochemicals that are rushing through the body you heard hormones there dopamine and also adrenaline when you're getting these chemicals pulsing and thr rushing through the brain the body has to go into a mode of protecting itself in order to survive and so part of that is that the mind will shift, the subconscious will literally shift to accept an alternate reality as the new reality, even though, because otherwise it's in constant contradiction. And so then with that, the whole 
that's a cognitive snap. I mean, literally there is a snap and an acceptance of a new reality and the old reality, which is the real reality, goes away. Now we've seen that happen visibly on the left, but we've also seen, and if you look at it, and I mentioned this before, we've seen this on the right. And some of this has, to, has happened within the Q movement. And I know this will get some Q people ruffled, but that's okay. I mean, look, I still love you, but just hear me out. Q itself as a program was really phenomenal. The energy, the things it brought, the, the drops, whether they were all true or not, it stimulated such an amazing level of research and engagement to find truth. But once Q went away, and then we went through this process of Trump literally losing, having the election of 2020 stolen, over the course of the next few months, there was a trauma that it impacted a portion of the MAGA slash Q movement. And what it was is it was a cognitive dissonance. So Q followers ended up defaulting into, well, Q says this, and Q says that, and Q says this, and Q says that, and they stopped functioning into the current reality where we are at. One of the unfortunate side effects of that is that Q people who were well-equipped to do incredible memes that could have had a massive impact in spreading truth in the times of COVID, they had succumbed to much of the fear of COVID, and they didn't act. So what we've seen come out of this is a very unique hybrid of people. We have people from the left, we have people from the center, we have people from the right. Those are kind of classic political uh, divisions but that have coalesced into a new movement. I don't I wouldn't call it, I really wouldn't call it MAGA, but it is deeply faith-centered. And that movement, which we refer to here as remnant, has become a backbone, a stalwart in literally being able to resist and lead other people to truth. And we see the real heroes of research that came out of this. There are many of them that, like, that never follow Q because they just dug in and did the right thing. And we've seen a number of those accounts happen around. It's really fantastic. So there's been some really positives that have come out of this, but it's not come without certain pain and certain tough realities, right? Now we know that we have some literally colossal idiots running in our government. Um, one of those would be the whale, also known as Stacey Abrams. And, um, she is, I, I do think she's a land whale. But nonetheless, she's now managed to achieve a new level of stupidity. I didn't think it was possible. And the frightening part about this is, is that she literally is going to have people believe her. And that's even more concerning to me than the fact that the human whale was speaking a lie. Take a listen to this. The audio to prove it. Stunning comments from far left gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams that may seriously hurt her already struggling campaign. New video just emerged of Abrams speaking about abortion at an event at Morehouse College where she claims fetal heartbeats are, get this, manufactured. There is no such thing as a heartbeat at six weeks. It is a manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body. Um, well, great today. We have Dr. Nicole Sapphire. I wasn't aware that there was a conspiratorial plot among the medical industry, among doctors, OBGYNs, medical technicians, nurses, of which you are a part, presumably, because you are a doctor, where heartbeats are manufactured and what we're, we're giving patients audio files of heartbeats when they go into their prenatal appointments. I, this is absurd. It's conspiratorial. And I, I hope we hear Democrats condemn this. Well, I'm waiting to see what's going to happen on social media. I'm waiting for those warning signs for misinformation labeling because this was a flat out lie. Mm -hmm. And facts matter, especially when you're talking to people and especially when, you know, you're in politics and you're wanting people's votes. I mean, unfortunately, people are going to believe what she has to say. But uh, I'm going to just deliver the truth and point out her law is a complete lie. So at about three weeks after gestation or after conception, the hearts, uh, the, the cells of the heart, the myocardium starts to rhythmically contract. So really, the heart starts beating at three weeks. Mm. Yes, you can start seeing the heartbeat five to six weeks after conception on the ultrasound, but that's only because it's so small and because of all the other structures are in the way with the pelvis. But that heart is contracting very easy. Early on, it is it is not a conspiracy. It is not anything to do with what she's talking about. And I think that she needs to be held accountable for the lies that are coming out of her mouth. I wonder how Shamu would feel about this relative of, of itself. 
I don't think he'd be very happy. Being a Shemu is a killer whale, he'd probably eat it, which would be, and he'd probably get sick and die anyway. This is another one of the levels of stupidity that we're, we're dealing with here. And what's really disturbing is that we have politicians that are speaking to people that are listening to them. And these politicians are speaking at levels of about third grade to fourth grade mental acuity. That should bother everybody because as a nation, people are accepting this. I mean, it used to be that the, the newspapers used to be written at about a high, what we would call a high school level now, and they're at an eighth grade level, and I think now they're down to like a sixth grade level just so people can understand them. There's a few exceptions to that one, I think, is the Wall Street Journal. I think. I'm not even sure about that anymore. But it, there is, and then what happens, ends up happening is that you end up with certain publications that will intentionally be much higher level in, 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 in academic prowess so that others can't understand them. Because our education level in this nation is pathetically low. Who in the world would sit through and accept a lie that the heartbeat of a baby was manufactured? I mean, that is, it gets right up there like, oh, really? Okay, so like, how is it living? And so if that's true with the human, then it's true with every other mammal in the entire world. This is just straight out stupidity. I don't even know how else to say it. And anybody that believes that, like literally, here's a remedy. Like stick your head in a toilet and hold it there while you flush. I mean, seriously, this is like dumbville. And and I have literal, little, little patience for this level of stupidity because these people vote. And that's literally where we are right now is we have a mass of voting idiots. You know, if, if they even, if people did nothing more than just read the Bible as a book, just read it. Okay. And I don't, I'm not even saying like it'll change you, but besides that fact, just read it. Learning those words, you would become mentally superior as a, you'd be a, a mental giant compared to the majority of the people in this population a large percentage of the people in this population. That's frightening in itself, but it's what needs to happen. We need to get back to reading and not digesting information visually only. That's one of the reasons I really resist doing visual programs because people get fixated on the visual image and they don't hear the audio image or the audio message. And the audio message then at least allows for a significant amount of mental cognitive processing. Because we are, there is thinking, it's people will rewind and listen again. Your mind is working and painting images. It's really important. But when we provide so much information through a visual medium, we basically just tune our brains off and turn them into program receptors, which is a real problem. Q is back, in a sense, in the news, and it's causing mass triggering. And, and President Trump has done a wonderful job of uh, facilitating that. Take a listen to this insanity and, and literally it starts out with a little preface. Just listen to this, but then listen to this woman talk about Q. I mean, the left literally gets triggered by that letter. And I and I, I laugh. On post read, at this point, anyone denying that Q was a legit operation affiliated with the Trump administration is in major denial. Another read, at real Donald Trump has over 4 million followers, yet he seeks out Q people to retreat. What we've seen recently from Trump is different from what we've seen in the past. Prior to this, he would say he's heard of these QAnon people. He believes them to be great patriots. Now the message is directly one-to-one. -one. It's no longer um, ambiguous. We are a nation that is no longer respected or listened to around the world. We are a nation that in many ways has become a joke. That music you hear sounds identical to a song associated with QAnon. While it played, the crowd all pointed their fingers in unison toward the sky. The imagery of everybody, their heads bowed with their finger pointed in the air, showing the number one. Um, this is where meme wars are most potent because for some people they were seeing that reflected in the QAnon meme, where we go one, we go all. Others were seeing America first be reflected. Yeah, I'm trying to figure the downside on either one of those. Other than the fact that she had four chins, the one that was speaking. I, that was the visual side of that.
I think she's related to Stacey Abrams. But anyway, um, this is this is the lunacy that we're dealing with. Any these people are in a world and in a, it's a bubble world, and they've created their own bubble. And their own bubble is that anything that gets near them that they don't like, they immediately react to because they're they've become a degenerated human. And I know this this is really harsh, but I need you to really listen to this because we're dealing with a subject of people that really are no longer functioning as a cognitive human being anymore. They're all emotional based. And once we become emotional based and we aren't using cognitive skills, then we're, we've degraded ourselves to a reactive state and that's all we ever are in. And that's exactly what has happened to those that follow on the left. They are a reactive base. I mean, it's like the wind blows and they race one way, the wind blows, they race another way. And they've lost so much of their cognitive capacities and much of this has occurred through the over-trauma, a max trauma or, or mass trauma that they've suffered from hate Trump to COVID to these others and now they're literally broken souls. I say this for another reason. And it's not just to be, I mean, we have to appreciate the darkness, but it's not something we should be celebrating. And it's a sad, it's actually very tragic to see this many people in our country that have been debased to such a level. So do keep them in your prayers. We, when we, we're talking about prayers, be specific about prayers too. Okay, it's not like, oh, I, I wanna pray for somebody. Like, what are we praying for? And, and what I would encourage everyone to do is to at least give a prayer each day to having these people, and we try to do this in bended knee. When we Bended knee, by the way, won't start again until next week. I've got to finish the travels and get home, but then I'll be back on uh, probably next Thursday. Okay, just so I say it. So don't, it's coming back. Don't worry. I just don't want to do it these days that I'm traveling. But the thing is that we try to do that every day in bended knee and in other of our prayers to where we try to pray for the, the, the dark hearts to awaken to find that connection with Christ. Let's be specific because we really don't need 20, 30 million people that are running around here as emotional, emotionally triggered. I mean, that's like it or not, that's not a very good nation to live in. And there's way too many of these people out here. So that that's just something to, you know, kind of frame on this. Now, with all of this, as we talk about the, the kind of the the issues that are going on, and there's a lot of prescient issues. Obviously, we've got the issue of President Trump and the the latest lawsuit in New York City. O'Reilly has done a great job here of kind of mapping out how much of a fake and how much of a stunt that is by the Attorney General in New York. And I want you to hear this because he makes an exceptional point here. Take a listen. This is Trump stuff. Um, look, uh, Attorney General of New York, Letitia James, from the very beginning has made, I mean, she's not a phony. She's not a phony. Okay? She says, I'm going to get Trump. I'm going to get him. All right? I'll do everything I can to get him. Now, the state of New York is awash in violent crime. All right? Thousands of people are being harmed every month, uh, killed, slashed, beaten up, shot. Letitia James does nothing, all right? Hasn't called for the uh, revocation of the Nobel Law, hasn't challenged the DAs in New York City that let people out, violent criminals out, has done nothing. Yet she spends all of this time trying to get the Trump Organization and President Trump. So here's what she said today, go. Over the course of our investigation, we found that Mr. Trump, his children, the Trump Organization created and used more than 200 false and misleading asset valuations on his statement of financial condition over that 10-year period. Well, if that's true, then your duty, madam, is to charge Donald Trump and his family and his executives with crimes, felonies, because that's bank fraud not kick it into civil court. So why aren't you doing that? She said, oh, I made a referral. No, it's your duty as the Attorney General in the state of New York, if these crimes are allegedly committed here, you have to charge. No, doesn't want to do that. No, 
wants to embarrass and wear down the Trump organization. Now, why doesn't she want to charge criminally? Because she wouldn't get a conviction. You know why? Because the banks themselves are responsible for their loans. Each bank that Donald Trump wanted to borrow money from is responsible for seeing and confirming the collateral that he puts up. So did the banks not do their fiduciary duty? The bank's going to come in and say, uh, uh, what are they going to say? In order to convict on a crime, the banks would have to say, oh, we, did, we didn't do any due diligence. We didn't check anything out. We just believe what he said. We just believe that this valuation was that number. Nobody does that. No bank does that. That's why she's not charging. You can get a conviction. Now, you'll never... I, I think Hannity has got it tonight. Uh, you know, he, he's got a pipeline in. He'll have pretty good, but that's it. No one else. See, that's the whole thing here, is that this is an ongoing ruse, and it gets back to that emotional state. They constantly are ginning up emotional stuff to keep their base engaged. I really thought a few years ago when they were doing this in 2020 and also in 2018, I really thought the base would hit an exhaustion point, that it would not be effective. And what I've discovered is that's not true. That the left, though they have attrition, the the fact is that those that are there are now dependent upon that constant cycle of adrenaline and dopamine rush. So what they've created is an addictive base. It's quite interesting because it's a drug dealer's trick, right? First of all, you sell the product and they encourage you to use the product and they hook you. So they've done this and they've created a, a base of people that are deeply locked in this matrix that are themselves completely dependent upon the cycles of emotion that'll come out to keep them feeling engaged and purposeful. Because once you take those away, as we talked about two nights ago, on the dopamine issue, and you start taking this away, what ends up happening is a deep depression settles in. And when depression settles in, people disengage and they don't want to do anything. And worse yet is when you hit burnout from dopamine and burnout from adrenaline, you can never be satisfied. It's like adrenal burnout. You're tired all the time, dopamine burnout, you're unhappy at everything. I mean, nothing entices you, nothing makes you happy. And while we've talked about that in terms of kids, don't, over, don't think that doesn't happen to adults and to political bases, especially with all the psychological trauma that's been waged upon this country in the last few years. The group of people that continues to stand outside of all of this are those that have stood rock solid in faith. So we have a lot of things happening right now. We've got a border crisis, which is un unbelievable. We have fighting age males that are literally crawling over the fence right in front of reporters. I saw a piece today. The border patrol is nowhere to be found. We have, they are all concentrating into cities and, and concentrating there. We have liberals fleeing their own disaster of states and going to places like Texas and then, and Florida trying to change those communities back to the same shitholes they created somewhere else. So this is a problem we have because the biggest issue we have in this nation is personal accountability. Now here, here's just some simple facts. The left wants to change everything. And again, it gets back to this emotional base. But here's a fundamental fact. I just want to share this with you because this is, this is how America should work. When I came into New Mexico today, I pulled over to get some gas at a Love's truck stop. And I filled up and I just finished washing the windows of the Jeep. And a guy was standing behind the Jeep eating a small pizza. And he said, man, nice Jeep. And so we started talking. And he had just come from Bend, Oregon, fishing. And he lives in Arizona. And I don't know him. He doesn't know me. Though his name's Charlie. And... Charlie and I are talking, and he says in this discussion, he's like, kind of sleeks it out. He goes, I don't like to get very political, but I'm a constitutionalist. I said, brother, you're, we're in the same boat here. We both agree on that. 
Well, here's what's really amazing in this whole conversation, because we didn't have to talk about faith, though we found a very common appreciation for faith, and I didn't dig into it. But what's more important is we have a common agreement, and this is where all of us should be. Political parties are irrelevant when you function on the Constitution because the Constitution by itself works perfectly, as does the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights. It works perfectly, but we're missing one piece and why it fails miserably, and that's personal accountability. The Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the Declaration of Independence demands personal accountability. And I've got news for you. Probably some of the worst groups out there are those in the Christian faith of personal accountability because everything is deflected out or it's smothered in the acceptance of Christ and we don't take personal responsibility for how we live. I mean, that's literally living the word and living our life intimately with Christ. So as a country, when we talk about moral reset and we talk about getting things back on track, all of these problems we're dealing with right now as Americans, not forget the illegals for a minute because they're a problem. But as Americans, we have to get our own country back in principle by being accountable to ourselves and thus accountable to our neighbors. When we live accountable, we live very free. We're sovereign, but we're understanding that our actions have consequences on others. The left functions on this idea that I'm going to do whatever I want. And if it gets in your way, then get out of my way. That's not personal accountability. On the other side of this, we have this, somebody else fix it for us. So President Trump, fix it for us. Um, White Hats are going to fix it for us. The military is going to fix it for us. The Constitution isn't designed to work with either one of those. And the design of our republic was designed that individual, individual liberty was based on personal accountability. And when we have personal accountability, everything works perfectly, literally. So two people meet at a gas pump, literally. We had about a 15-minute conversation. We covered a whole range of things from fishing to politics to some uh, even discussion about reservations and, and the, the crime that, and the disasters that are happening with the youth on reservations. We shook hands and we left two separate Americans. I have no idea what his political views are. He has no idea what mine are, but we have one binding binding issue that both of us will stand and defend. And we talked about that. And that's the constitution. I could care less who he votes for. Seriously. I don't care if the dude votes for Biden, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, or Trump. What I know after talking to him is he's adamant about what the constitution guarantees us. As I am the same. So this is something that we, we have to really get into and start to really understand that we have a huge responsibility with ourselves first. All of these problems right now, we're, in a, we're coming into a pretty critical window. So what I want to close tonight with is, is kind of paint a little bit of a picture for you, which I don't seldom do, but I'm going to paint a little bit of a picture on, which I hope will give people some, some optimism of what's been happening. And I've given this a lot of research and a lot of thought and I'll dedicate more shows to it later on, but I'm going to kind of give you a snapshot on tonight. Right now, Patriots, we're in a pretty bad state in this nation. Our military, as we know it, is on the implosion. They can't meet recruiting goals. The, the uh, young privates that they're bringing in are typically on low. They're, they're low eight, uh, scores, ASVAB scores, so their mental acuity is lower. We're dealing with out of overweight soldiers to a large degree. And so the recruiting goals are down like massive amounts. And the Pentagon just released a piece the other day that one of our BDADs shared with me that basically says they acknowledge all that and there's nothing they can do about it. So they're just letting it happen. And that's so they're just they're letting the self-destruction happen in the military. Morale is low. New privates can't figure out the difference between a a transgender or a, a domestic threat or a, or a foreign threat. They're more worried about whether they're going to be compliant to somebody's pronouns, and that's not going to win a war. We've lost the ferocious, vicious fighting spirit that was prevalent in our military before Obama. So the, the view on that in terms of 
military in control and the optimism towards the military is pretty bleak as it stands. But this is what I want to kind of paint with you tonight as we close out. We were actually, in my opinion, watching and witnessing the rebuilding of the military right before our very eyes in a form that we've never considered. And it's the form that our founding fathers actually intended through the state's militias, but it's taken on a different form. And so I want you to be encouraged, is my point here. The first wave of standing up the new army happened when all of you, or at least most of you, took the oath as a digital soldier. Because what happened is they, over a process of cue, you were trained to be the most vicious, the most persistent, the most resilient digital army the world has ever seen. And that I'm telling you firsthand from a guy that worked information warfare and a guy that helped build information warfare teams, indigenous teams. It is an unbelievable witness of what I've seen here. And the, taking the oath was the first phase. Remember, you were asked to defend, to protect and defend your nation. And do so. And the question was, are you willing to? And anybody that took that oath stepped into the gap and did it. So that was an official conscription into this war. Now, with that, we've also seen a mass awakening of our sheriffs, which are the seminal line for all of this. And we've seen a huge mobilization locally in our counties for people to get engaged with their sheriffs. That's another a critical aspect of this. And as I've talked to sheriffs, I've discovered that sheriffs have been not only networking with each other, but they've been building posses within their counties in anticipation of needing more resources and having to deputize people on the, road, on the way down the road here. We do have good elements within our military. But one thing that I've kind of snarked over a little bit and I've rethought is when President Trump reached out and he said, and he acknowledged recently, the 120,000 regular army or regular service members that had not taken the vax, and he acknowledged the 60,000, which is 40 National Guard and 20,000 Reserve, who had not taken the vax. He said, we will get your jobs back and we will get you your payback. But here's what's most important about that statement. Because that, what he was really saying, and when you look at it, is we know who you are. We hear you. We need you. Hold the line. So we know that we have a core of 180,000 fantastic, incredible men in uniform. Because men, these men and women have stood up to an illegal order and risked their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to hold what's right for this republic. So hold your head high, all of you and patriots. Keep them in your prayers because there are true patriots right there in uniform. We also have a litany of black projects. Another one was announced today, and I'd forgotten about this, but somehow mysteriously... I don't, and this is, these deals with new technology stuff. It typically takes like 10 years to develop a, a new generation of a jet or a bomber. The Air Force has managed now to create a new strategic bomber and a sixth generation fighter, and they've done it in less than two years, and it's already being deployed. That's unheard of. What that tells me is they're using gigafactory technology like Elon Musk has been talking about, and they're building these things either at Skunk Works facilities or underground facilities. So there is a new military emerging out of this with new technologies, and it's a different type of Air Force, in fact. We know we have Cyber Command, or not Cyber Command, I'm sorry, Space Force, but Space Force probably has more to do with cyber than it does actual space. Of course, we didn't go to the moon anyway, so it doesn't matter. And then there's, an, there's a couple rogue elements here that, just to keep in mind. And one of those, which is just worth throwing in the back of your head, is that if I was a white hat and I knew coming into this that we were going to have a, a extreme difficulty with our command, in fact, I would know by what Obama did to this military, by purging all of the loyal patriots and replacing them with globalists, that was him and Valerie Jarrett, that witch, and, I, man, I'll tell you what, I want front row seats when she hangs. The fact is that the calculus that we've never really talked about is there's no possible way that a Q program and a White Hat operation would not have to factor in building a new military. There's no possible way because the military would have been obviously broken. 
So there is an outlier here, which I've heard nothing about. But if you remember, Davos, who was her, she was a head of education. That was the sister of BlackRock CEO. And I'm sorry, not BlackRock, um, Blackwater CEO. I don't know what Blackwater is doing these days, but what I do know Blackwater has done is they can build whole nation's armies and they're based in Dubai. So all I'm telling you is there's a lot of activity outside of our purview that's happening, plus part of our military is running an intentional PSYOP. I know that too. And so there is greater hope in that organization and a rebuilding of that organization than we've ever known. But all of you in this digital army are part of this new military because in my opinion, the digital army will never be stood down. It will be a legacy to pass on to your children and people will be proudly wanting to serve in that capacity because what it does that no other army has ever accomplished to this level is a digital army is the sensor, it's the offensive influence operation, it's the defensive counter operation, it's decentralized, and it can never be disrupted because even if you take out one node, as we are seeing the FBI try to do, it has the resiliency to stand back up. So what I'm telling you is hold your head high because you're part of something absolutely amazing. And I've given this a ton of thought and a lot of research. And you just got my conclusion. We're going to win this thing. It's going to be a little ugly. It's going to be pretty bumpy in the next three months. So all that we're doing, all these things that we're doing, building capacity, getting your gardens going and getting home churches, patriots, that's the future of America because it's what builds resilience and prevents any ever again a corporation or a corporate stranglehold that we've had now and we're all part of that and the digital soldier is a critical note of this and as we move forward here and in a in pretty high speed motions now there's going to be a lot of disruption but what i know is you'll know when it's time to go full on like hit those keyboards harder until they almost smoke keep prepping keep focused keep your skills up but be prepared because never will so much be asked of so few by so many. That time is coming. And when it does, the world for many will seem like it's falling apart. It'll be almost like bellowing in the streets and praying for help and, and help me God. And all you have to do then is just say, hey, we got you. Why don't you join me with a walk with Jesus? And we'll help you along and give you some information to digest and here's a packet of seeds, and we'll teach you how to grow. And that is where we shine. And that is where we become the greatest force the world has ever seen. Patriots, let's pray. Father, tonight we're just very humbled in a very mellow show and an experience of becoming together in this, in this fellowship tonight. And we're just always blessed to have this time to come together to chat, to share, and to just raise up our hearts and our minds to the greaterness of things that are happening. Father, we just ask tonight and we just pray that you can just put that touch on everybody. Touch them on the shoulder. Jesus, just be there and just, just give everybody that reminder that you're there. All they have to do is ask. All we have to do is say, hey, I need you. I want to talk to you. And you're right there. Guide us in these times, Father. Jesus, walk with us each day. We're blessed. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. All right, patriots. So, like I said, a bit of an American mashup tonight. We're going to do okay. There's a lot going on. It's going to get a little crazy. When I, no matter what happens, things get a little nuts. Turn the TV off. Turn the music on. Sp spend some time in the garden. Take some time to talk to Jesus, and everything's going to be just fine. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you this evening for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time.
God bless, and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs>